substitute teacher in Utah escorted out of the building for telling students homosexuality is wrong? And does Jesus being delivered by Mary prove that women should be pastors? Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Now, there are two kinds of people in the world, only two kinds, not black and white, not rich and poor. There are those who are dead in sin, and there are those who are dead to sin. After three nights of unbridled lawlessness across London, the contagion is spreading. The problem is that God has already judged this. He has judged murder already. I don't need to question it. I don't need to ask and wonder what his plan is. We're commanded as Christians not to participate in the works of darkness, but expose them. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's show, we have a number of stories. And you're going to listen to a little bit, a, a short snippet of a very interesting teaching. And just, you're going to see just some wonderful logic and, and eisegesis uh, not being used. Act well, the eisegesis is being used, the logic not so much. So um, to get right into it, guys, there was a story out of Utah where a substitute teacher was not only taken out of teaching and out of a classroom and escorted off, but it, it get it gets worse than that. So I'm going to read from the story. This is on the Christian News Network, and it said, a school district in Utah says that it has taken appropriate action against a substitute teacher after she allegedly told students that homosexuality is wrong and sinful. According to reports, the situation occurred on November 22nd at Deerfield Elementary School in Cedar Hills as a fifth grade substitute teacher asked students what they were thankful for. One mentioned their pet, another turkey, and another mashed potatoes, and another having a break from school. When it was 11-year-old Daniel's turn, he stated that he was glad that he was finally going to be adopted by his two dads. The teacher, whose name has not been made public, allegedly spoke on the matter for the next 10 minutes, stating homosexuality is wrong and two men living together is a sin. Now, you can have your viewpoint. I would disagree uh, vehemently that you are okay with homosexuals adopting children. Um, I think that is obviously not a position I think believers should have. Uh, But nonetheless... This person, who the adopted parent, so to speak, was a former dance coach on Dancing with the Stars. So that's kind of like why it got out there in the news, because this is what he had to say on social media. Quote, as you can imagine, this set us off and we are not letting this go. I am so proud of Daniel's school. Not only did they did they let go of the teacher, but they said that this woman is never going to teach in their school ever again. It's absolutely ridiculous and horrible what she said. We were livid. It's 2019, and this is a public school. Guys, yeah, it's 2019, and your reprobation and and public display of sin is repulsive. And what's sad is, is that we, although, whatever, it's a public school and you want to have those disagreements, what's sad is, is they're going to come after this woman hard. And I'm, and I'm not talking about like, oh, we just don't want her teaching at the school. They're, they want to make sure that she never teaches anywhere again because she differs on this subject. David Stevenson, a spokesperson for Alpine School District, told the outlet that d- the district has a non-discrimination policy and it took appropriate action following an investigation. The substitute teacher has since been fired by Kelly Services, the temp staffing agency that assigned her to the school. She will not be... 
teaching anywhere. The Salt Lake uh, Tribune reports that uh, that the guy really just said she doesn't. Amstel does not want her teaching anywhere in Utah whatsoever. In Mormonville, even they they allow this to go on. Um, it's so it's so crazy to me when you see this, and it's not. It's always this way, guys. This is why we we talk about this, and this is why we warn because it's not like hey, this is wrong, and we see this moral act. And guys, if you don't actually stand, I hate that idea of well, we don't legislate morality. Oh yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Otherwise, you don't legislate at all, okay? When it comes to rules and laws, those things have to be made by a lawgiver, and we are endowed by our creator these inalienable rights, and guess what? We're also endowed by our creator with logos, with logic and reasoning, and we know that murder is bad. And because we are so big on separating that which is that which is from Scripture and what is true from the one true God, we delineate ourselves, and what we do is we get into these positions that are unattainable. Okay, and this is why this is one of the reasons I get so frustrated with a number of people that really love their politics. Okay, because they want to have their cake and they want to eat it too. I don't like homosexuality, but it's okay to have homosexual marriage. I don't like this, so it's okay that I sit on stage with homosexuals and push this propaganda and this nonsense. And guys, that's heartbreaking. Okay, we have to understand that we as believers are called to check out and look and see the difference between the holy and the profane. And the problem is when we whitewash sin and we lessen it for what it is, we don't recognize the wickedness that sin really is, especially when it comes to the sexual nature. Sin, uh, sexual sin is a sin against his own body, okay? If somebody was a serial adulterer, I would hope somebody would stand up against that. If somebody was a serial pedophile, I hope somebody would stand up against that. If someone was a be- was into bestiality, I hope someone would stand up against that. And I think there should be laws for that, okay? And guys, if we don't stand up for these things, man... And if we don't stand up for people literally that won't even ever be able to teach again, and if they want to have a conversation said, hey, we as a public school, we, you are not allowed to practice, say these certain things, okay, as a substitute teacher, okay, that's fine. But to then go out and say, you are never allowed to teach again, okay, <laughs> we're going to make sure that you are put on an island. Uh, the You're going to go out like John and be on the island of Patmos, and you will never be allowed uh, to, to be involved here, guys. This is exactly where it's going. And you guys think this is just a small thing. It's no big deal. It's just this random act. This woman was really mean to a, t- a student. No, it's coming for you guys. It is an avalanche. It is coming after you. That is exactly what they were doing. Think about the think about the conservative party 10 years ago. Think about where we were in politics 10 years ago. You probably 10, 15 years ago, you had Democrats that were pro-life, right? Is there a single one left? I mean, honestly, is there a single one left that doesn't want the baby to be able to be murdered at 39 weeks? Where are we in conservatism, guys? And I do consider myself a conservative, but where are we that now homosexuality is is just whatever? I remember watching and seeing Bill O'Reilly talk about that. They, uh, you know, pretty much I don't really care. You know, and you're just like, guys, no, we need to care. We don't need to brag about gay rights in Botswana and how it's so awesome that we're, we're you know, our country is helping countries do this and, and get more involved with their, their gay, quote, human rights. Guys, this is an avalanche. It is coming for you. Okay, those people that stand up and talk against homosexuality and talk against sexual promiscuity, you people, us, we are getting in an avalanche towards us and somebody needs to recognize it and call it out and say, guys, 
Don't think this is an isolated incident. This isn't happening in a vacuum, okay? They will come after us. Now, our goal, obviously, is to clean the inside of the cup, and the outside of the cup will be clean also. But as a believer, as somebody that we have been given these rights, as Paul said, if you can be free, be free, okay? Speaking to the slave. If you're able to be free and you're able to get out of that bondage, then go be free. Don't be a slave, okay? And we in this country are yet. We we are not yet. I mean, we're slaves in a lot of ways, especially if you're addicted to social media and different things like that. But we in this country have certain rights. We're allowed to vote. We're allowed to do those things. And if we have those, we should try our best to keep them as best we can. Okay. And so we want to make sure that we're looking out for these things and recognizing the sin. Okay. And, and saying this is not holy. This is profane. I would not. And I don't care how many things I agree with somebody on, especially economically. Okay, just because I grew someone economically and then all of a sudden, oh, but I'm, I'm going to be socially liberal. Okay, well, then you're just how far are you along that line? I mean, where do you draw the line? Okay, and I, and I believe wholeheartedly I would not and you are unevenly yoked. Okay, I would not sit on stage with someone who claims to be a believer and yet is a practicing adulterer, homosexual, whatever it is, because that's exactly what First Corinthians 5 warns about. That you just sit there and you you eat with them and you are not supposed to even eat, let alone be unevenly yoked with someone like that. These are hypocrites, guys. One thing that Jesus and and I get I get so frustrated listening to the jargon and the nonsense of really bad teachers that come against religiosity and say, oh, Jesus hated religion. No, guys, the truth is he hated hypocrisy and he called it out. And I don't care if I say that every podcast show. It's a reminder that we need to look at people and say, this is hypocrisy. Okay. And that is what Jesus came out against. So for us to be completely okay, okay with this, for the SBC president, J.D. Greer, to go up there and or do podcast shows saying, well, because of Acts 17, we should call uh, you know, people by their preferred pronouns. Give me a break. This is the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay. We are talking about the biggest conservative-based, okay, denominational group in all of America. And guess what the president's saying? The president, J.D. Greer, is the same guy who said we need to whisper where God whispers and shout where God shouts. So God whispers about homosexuality. Guess what? He wasn't whispering when he was firing down brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, Mr. Greer? And so while you sit up there and say this nonsense and point to Acts 17, and I don't know if he's pointing to the the text because he kind of laid it out there. And I don't know if he's pointing the text where he says, you you people are religious, okay, where Paul says that in Acts 17. Um, if you guys go look back at that word, that word is actually used for demon or demon or demonic, that I see you guys are very demonic. Um, so I, I, I mean, that's a side issue. But the fact that this is the stuff that's going on, if you guys don't see the avalanche, they're coming and, it, and it's coming fast. Okay, so we need to look and have our eyes open to this because what is going to happen to you? Guys, don't think that, oh, well, we'll be fine and everything's okay. No, you will be chained up. You will be locked up. And that's what they want. They want everyone to be silenced. 
Okay, you can go back to the Chick-fil-A stuff and find out that secretly they've been giving money to liberals this entire time. Hillary Clinton and, and Barack Obama, the person in literally in charge of the fundraising. Okay, I know we're going all over the uh, <laughs> a little bit here, but guys, this is what happens with liberal ideology and the fact that we do not stand up for our conservative principles and our conservative principles should come from where? Not, not from the political party, not because somebody says they're Republican. Our conservative principles should come from Scripture. What does Scripture say on a topic? And so when we go back to Scripture as our reference point, and guys, this is really, really important because, and I have an article, uh, it's not up yet for Good Fight, but I wrote it a while ago about fighting against very liberal maxims that sneak into conservative circles. Liberal maxims that are not biblical. Okay, And what we have to do is recognize them, point them out, mark them, and expose them as being unbiblical. One of those maxims could be, the Bible isn't God, and we don't worship the Bible. But the problem is, we worship the God of the Bible. And when Jesus answered someone, he answered them, it is written, it is written, it is written. Over and over again, that's what we see From Jesus, God made flesh that he quoted from the scriptures as authoritative. So what should we do? We should quote from the scriptures as authoritative. Just like Paul said in 1 Thessalonians that I praise, he praised God that they didn't take his word for mere man's words, but that they took it as what it was from God himself. And in 2 Peter, we're told very clearly that we did not follow follow devised tales or cleverly devised tales, but they were witnesses to his glory. And in that context, he says, we have a word more sure, more sure than the transfiguration, more sure than, than God speaking from the clouds. We have a word more sure in the scriptures that we hold today. And that same word for scripture, the graphe that he used there, also he used later to describe Paul's letters to us. So no, we don't worship scripture. I don't hold my Bible on the ground and pray to it, but I test the spirits according to what the word says, because that word is theanustos. That word is God breathed divinely onto that paper. So it's not that I worship the Bible. It's not that I worship and and say the Bible is God. It is the very word of God. It is the very breath of God as he breathed it onto that paper so that we may know the truth and the truth will set us free. When you go by your feelings, when you go by your experience, you need to remember that your heart is deceitful. It's desperately wicked. You need to wage war against your flesh. And when your flesh and your opinion doesn't line up with the word of God, guess which one you need to flush down the toilet? It's not the word of God. We need to hold up and esteem the word of God the same way Jesus did, for it is written. And I tell this, I've told this story a lot, but when I worked at uh, Lowe's, I used to work at Lowe's building displays, and I used to have a guy who was very uh, pugnacious, we'll say, he used to be a drug dealer in Philadelphia, and we would I would share with him a lot, and uh, we would talk, and one thing he said, I, you know, I would just always say, well, the Bible says this. You know, he asked me a question. I said, well, here's what the Bible says, what the Bible says. And I, I never thought about it. That's just how I answer a question because my opinion is just that. It's mine. And I want to make sure I have what the Word of God says. And after a while, and this is somebody who would literally slam his hand on the table and come challenge me in the middle of the break room while I'm just trying to read my Bible. <laughs> and uh, eventually he came to me and I said, he asked me a question. I said, well, 
What scripture tells me is this, and he says, you know what, Chad? He's like, I really respect you because I'll ask other Christians and I'll say, hey, what do you think about this? And they'll say, well, I just don't believe that or I just think that. And this is a non-believer and he said, I respect that when you say something, you always go back to what you believe in and that's what 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 God says in his word. And I was like, wow, thanks, man. He ended up, it was really cr- crazy story, of course, sidestepping here, but he ended up... Um, I told him it was really strange, uh, but the day before, and I'm not, if you guys, a lot of you guys, maybe you're getting to know me a little bit through this podcast and through Good Fight Radio and then Joe telling everyone I hate cats, but uh, <laughs> but if, if you know me, I'm not one to say, I think God told me this or something like that. So I, I just found it very interesting. Uh, that same man, we had worked together for four years and um, one morning we were talking, same thing. And I have no idea why I said it at the time. And I said, hey, bro, I just, I really think about you a lot and I pray for you a lot. And he's like, and I have no idea why I said this, but I said, I I really think you need to watch out for your job, man. And maybe you should look for something else too. You know, um, I I just, I'm really nervous for you. I've been praying for you. And I am not one to say, oh, God told me to say this. And I didn't say that to him because I didn't know whether God told me to say that. I just said it. And in, on that, literally that morning, I'm working in the front of the store building a display and I hear two people yelling, walking, and it was a customer and the customer said that he told him something, he used a profanity and he was fired that day and he was a manager. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And years later, I was buying some meat over at uh, Stater Brothers and next thing you know, I see him working there <laughs> in the back and I'm like, what happened? And he had gone through cancer. He didn't even look the same. He, he recognized my voice and I recognized his. And I was like, wow, I didn't even look the same. And I told him, you know, praise God, I, I got to pray for you. And it was just something really interesting. And um, I, I just, guys, I think we really need to hold God's word up as as our standard of truth. The spirit works together with the word of God because he's the one who wrote it. Okay, so when you say, oh, I'm, I follow the spirit, you follow the letter. No, the spirit leads to the letter and the letter leads to the spirit. And that when you have t- spirits, you need to test them according to the word of God. If somebody tells you something that is contrary to the word of God, you never need to pray about it. You don't need to pray about being able to cheat on your wife because God's word already declared it's wrong. And we don't nitpick, and or not nitpick, we don't turn the Bible into a buffet and say, ah, I'm not really into mashed potatoes, but I'll take the prime rib. No, we, we say, I'm going to eat all of it, God, and I need to recognize that what your word says is true and you never lead me astray. Speaking of being led astray by feelings, I have a clip I have to play for you guys. And I, I now here's the thing: um, as I as as Tony's going to play the clip, I have a tough time. I, I got to be honest. I am a, I'm a very uh, I, I like joking around. I like playing. I like telling jokes. And one of the things I laugh sometimes can laugh at inappropriate situations, not like you know wrong, um, you know, in terms of you know doing something coarse jesting or anything like that. But sometimes I see something so ridiculous. I can't help but laughing, and that happened this morning until I was grieved to think that people are listening to this. Enough people listening to this that they were able to put it on camera, okay, and record it, and other people caught this. And guys, please listen to this absolutely iron tight logic here as Tony plays this clip. Blah 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 blah, and the word became flesh. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word that became flesh. To preach means to deliver the word of God. And Jesus is the word of God made flesh. The Bible says that Mary delivered Jesus and preaching is to deliver 
the word of God. If preaching is to deliver the word of God and Jesus is the word of God and Mary delivered Jesus, then Mary delivered the word of God. Mary preached a sermon on Christmas morning. So all I came to say is it was strategic that Jesus chose a woman to carry Jesus because he wanted us to understand that it is okay for a woman to deliver the word of God. So that's what the incarnation meant. That's what the incarnation meant, that it's okay for a woman to deliver the word of God. Wouldn't I have to then deduce that it's not okay because God didn't choose the man? And praise God, he didn't choose a man to have a baby. Uh, thank God for that. And guess what? Um, I'm sorry, I, I, this woman is shameful. And I'm not saying that as my own opinion. I'm saying that from scripture. Because that's the wordage it uses in 1 Corinthians 14 when it talks about women being silent in church. And guys, if you go to 1 Corinthians 14 and you start, I'm not going to read all of it because we don't have that much time and I want to get into a couple of scriptures. But if you start it specifically, I mean, just at the beginning of the chapter, obviously, but specifically starting at verse 20, we are given the instructions of what church is supposed to look like. Okay. We are giving the charge that scripture clearly gives us of what it's supposed to look like. And that talks about the moving of the gifts, the moving of uh, how we're supposed to assemble, the giving of the revelation, speaking in tongues, all of these things, and that God is a God of order, okay? He's not a God of disorder, okay? And, And then in verse 34, it says this, the women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak but are to be are subject themselves, just as the law also says. If they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home. For it is improper for a woman to speak at church. Guys, that word improper is really important because that word improper is also translated in Ephesians 5.12. If you guys remember Ephesians 5.11... Ephesians 5.11 says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And then what does Ephesians 5.12 tell us? Very clearly, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. That is the same word translated, disgraceful there, or in some shameful, it is a shame, okay, very, very clearly, and that's exactly what it is. It's improper for women to speak in church. It's a shame. It's honestly disgraceful. And guys, I know that sounds, oh, this misogynist. No, this is exactly how God has designed it. And he tells us why he's designed it, okay? And after I read this verse, think about it in light of what you just heard from that, From that, I don't like to call them pastors as much. It's like, a woman pastor is the same thing as a married bachelor. You know, it's non-existent. It, it doesn't actually exist, okay? In, uh, remember, this is a pastoral epistle, 1 Timothy 2, okay? Um, starting at verse 10, or verse 11. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, but I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet, Oh, that must be cultural. They just wanted, you know, it's all cultural, you know, it's all. No, God's going to make sure we know it's not cultural. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. 
But women will be preserved through their childbearing if they continue in the faith and love and sanctify with self-restraint. Guys, the word of God points exactly back to the creative order of things and the fall of man. Okay, so that we do not mess this up. So that we do not say, oh, it's just a cultural thing. We don't know. No, the Bible is very, very clear. And I, you know, I got to be honest, I was heartbroken the other day reading from somebody that I actually did some mission work with. And guys, if you ever get involved in mission work in other countries, you're going to find something very, very sad. In a lot of countries, the women are the ones that step up and become quote unquote pastors. Okay. And that's a heartbreaking phenomenon. Okay, because the men aren't where they are supposed to be. You see, when we receive the curse and we give the warnings about what the curse will look like, the woman is cursed with childbearing, right? The pains of childbearing. What else is she cursed with? Wanting to master over her husband. Guys, that is a fact. And it's the same thing used, all right? The same word is used, speaking of Cain and Abel, of mastering over sin, that she would want to have that same master. She would want to master over her husband, Okay, and this is exactly what's going on in the church. And what is sad is the twofold problem that we see in the church. Men are limp-wristed and aren't running their households as they should. And so the women are having to step up and walk in it and say, well, I guess I'll just take on this leadership role. And it's the most heartbreaking thing to watch men not be where God created them to be. And the Bible even says that man, part of the curse is that man will work for the sweat off his brow. And you see over and over again, men not only being limp-wristed, not leading their families in the Lord, not being the head of the household, you also see men, guess what, being lazy, okay? You see men not working hard, not putting that effort forth, not working off the sweat off their brow, not doing exactly what God says we are going to do. This is what happened. The fall happened. Now this is going to happen. Guess what? We were warned about it, and that's exactly what happens. And guess what is going to happen when women are now put up in those positions? When I look, that's why I brought up the shameful thing. When I go, and this has happened in multiple places where I've had to walk out because a quote-unquote pastor, a woman pastor, um, is, starts to preach. And I literally have to walk out because to me, that is their open shame. That is their open shame. Because what you're getting to see is that they don't actually trust the word of God. That's what you get to see in their open shame. To me, when a woman walks up to be a quote-unquote pastor, I, it looks nakedness to me. That's the same thing. It's open shame because what it shows is that you do not rightly divide the word of God, that you do not care what God's word has to say. So when he sets things in order and says, this is how God's word says clearly, this is how my church will run. This is who will be in leadership. This is how it will run. It is the same thing that when I look up and if I looked up and saw a man pregnant, okay, it is the same thing because I don't bear children. I do not have children, and therefore, that's exactly how God designed it. And with the church, under the New Testament, we have exact, precise, you can't get around it, roles and how you, roles for the church and how you fall under the guidelines of those rules. And I think about this all the time because you hear people when it comes to women pastors, you hear people, well, Deborah was a judge in the Old Testament. Fantastic. What does that prove? Can you tell me what that proves in terms of the New Testament church and how the church is supposed to be run? 
It proves absolutely nothing. Do you realize that some of our greatest saints in the Old Testament that are in the Hall of Faith chapter would not meet the biblical requirements of a pastor in the New Testament because they had they had more than one wife and God wouldn't allow it. So guess what, guys? When we look at Scripture, we find it so abundantly clear. I do not permit a woman to teach. This isn't misogynistic, okay? This is exactly what happens. And in households where the families are run properly, where the man is the head of the household who lays down his life for his wife, okay? Where that's what you're called to do, men. Don't think that's a light duty. It literally compares it to when Jesus died, okay? And how you're supposed to die to yourself for your entire family, especially for your wife. And you're supposed to love your wife as Christ loved the church, okay? If that is in order, the rest will typically follow. And that's why elders, guess what? Need to have believing children, right? That's why they aren't pugnacious. They aren't addicted to much wine. There are requirements that scripture clearly gives us, guys. And as soon as you are off on this area, why would I trust you with anything else? Okay, this isn't a, oh, well, there's this doctrinal distinction where we kind of see in Scripture, we, you know, these guys are, are, are baptizing somebody three times in the name of the Father. This guy's immersing just one time. No, no, guys, we're talking about distinctions that are so abundantly clear that it literally, I do not permit a woman to teach in a pastoral epistle telling you that the woman should say style in church. It's a shame for them to do otherwise. And we are sitting there watching them in open shame. And then we have people like Greg Laurie right, like Franklin Graham, who send out tweets to support Paula White. Because why? Political endeavors. It all circles back, guys. It all circles back. Because we're selling our soul, okay, selling our soul at the altar of political correctness and saying, well, if I just give in in this little area, then, you know, the world will accept me because now we have women pastors. Don't be a coward. Stand up, be a man, and let the woman fulfill a role that you can't do, that men can't do. Women, God has designed them to be a certain way and men another way. And we need, to, we need to walk in those roles and men be men. Work for the swell off your brow, hard work, lay down your life and love your wife. This has been Chad Davidson and this is the 511.